Well, if you are new to Restoration Church, uh, the past uh, 12 weeks we've been in a series on King David. Uh, Some of you are going to be familiar with King David. King David from David and Goliath. uh, Probably the greatest king that Israel ever had. And we've, we've, we, one of the things we understood about David is the Bible twice calls him a man after God's own heart. And that's pretty cool because as you read throughout the Bible, there's no other time that God calls anybody else after his own heart. And so there's got to be something significant about, about David. And so, so we've been going through this study and, and David becomes the example for you and I on how we can be men and women after God's own heart. And I'll be honest though. As we've kind of gone through the last couple of weeks, I'm having a hard time connecting how David could be a man after God's own heart. And in fact, Dan and I were talking on the phone this week and he said, you know, I'm just, how, 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 do I, how do I grasp this? Because here we have this David and we know David to do some great things. We saw David kill Goliath. I mean, that's pretty awesome. I mean, that's to see that all the kids love thinking about David and Goliath. That's fun. You know, we saw David, we saw David as a great military leader and those things are great. But the past couple of weeks, we've seen some of the darker sides of David's life. For example, when David had committed adultery with Bathsheba, we saw him pursue this, this extramarital relationship. And then he tried to cover it up. It was a political sex scandal is what it was. And it led to him murdering Uriah. And we look at that and say, how is that a man after God's own heart? And then last week... And Maybe David and Bathsheba, you might say, well, that's an isolated incident. And that's like one little instant in in David's life. But then last week, we looked at David's failures as a parent. About how he was a passive parent. On how he failed to provide accountability for his kids. He failed to to provide uh, discipline. We saw how David failed to give up his time to his kids. We saw how David failed to forgive his kids. And we saw that it led to his son Absalom's rebellion. It led to a, a deep rebellion against David and, and trying to become the king. And this sin was a little different than David and Bathsheba. Because again, David and Bathsheba was an isolated incident. But David's parenting failures, I mean, that was a, that was a pattern over a lifetime. And then, in fact, there's another story where, where David decides, I'm going to take a census of the whole uh, country. Now, this is, what, this is what guys do. Numbers matter to us. We care about our bank accounts. We care about our company. We care about our churches. And we care about those numbers. And so David is saying, you know what? I, I want to take a census and know how many people we have that can fight and, and how great our country is. And David's, David's number one man uh, Joab says, don't do that, David. That's sinful. That's prideful. And David says, nope, I'm going to do it anyways. And he does it. And God gets him in trouble. And God says, what you've done was wrong. And now you're going to have to deal with the consequences of, of sin, of your pride. And so we look at David's life and we begin to wrestle. Man, how, how is David the example for us and what it means to be a man and woman after God's own heart. I mean, David, sure, he had those, he had those great days, you know, when, when, when it's kind of like you're teaching, teaching your kid how to ride a bike, you know. They had those great moments where they start riding pretty good. But then David falls as often as that kid does. And they come tumbling down and they skin their knee and they scrape their elbow and they start crying as they're trying to ride their bike. And this is just the pattern of David's life where, where things are going good and then things go bad. And, and David sins. And so we, we, we wrestle with how, how, is, how is David 
a man after God's own heart. Because when we look at David's actions, his actions don't always show that he was a man after God's own heart. That's the thing. The point when we look at David's life is not necessarily to look at his actions, but it's to look at David's heart. Because we have to look at David's faith. Because that's where we see what it means to be a man and woman after God's own heart. And if you want to get a look into David's faith, all you have to do is turn to the book of the Psalms. The Psalms are, are a great collection of, of, of poems and songs and, 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 and reflections that were written by, by a number of different people. David wrote 74 of those Psalms. In fact, people say they think he wrote more than that, but there are 74 Psalms that are specifically ascribed to David. And so when you look at some of these psalms that David wrote, you really get an idea about the faith of David, about the kind of heart that he had, about what he believed. For example, in Psalm chapter 3, Psalm chapter 3 was written by David during the time that we studied last week. Absalom has decided he's going to rebel against his father. He's going to try and convince the people's hearts to come to him and anoint him king over Israel. And so David then becomes on the run because he knows Absalom's going to come and try and kill him. And so David writes this psalm in the middle of that turmoil where his, his, his life is being threatened. He's not sure he's, if he's going to live to see another day. Now, if you and I are in that kind of moment, things are falling apart all around us. Our life is on the line. People are fleeing from us. My natural inclination is to say, why, God? God, 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 why? God, I'm angry with you because I'm going through this hardship. God, why? And you know, there are times when David writes in the Psalms, he writes those same things. Psalm chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, David writes and says, O Lord, how many are my foes? Many are rising against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no salvation in God. David understands what it means to be at the end of his rope. To be at the point where, where I'm not sure I'm going to make out. And, and God, I don't know what you're doing. But what amazes me about the Psalms is because when I'm faced in that kind of a hardship, when I have uh, something happen uh, that, that is difficult, then I usually stay there. I usually stay in that moment of saying, why, God? God, you're mean. God, you don't care. God, you're absent. God, you don't love me. And I, I stay in that moment of being broken. But what I love about David is oftentimes when David has this kind of lament, it's also followed up. And you see David's faith in God. For example, in Psalm chapter 3, verses 3 through 6, David then writes, But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. I cried aloud to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy hill. I lay down and I slept. I woke again for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of many thousands of people who set themselves all around. See, despite David's terrible circumstances, David's faith was in the right place. His faith was 100% in God. He understood despite whatever difficulty he's going through, God is still good. God is still there. God's love still extends to him. And his trust, his trust, no matter what was going on, was in God and God alone. See, not only did David write these kind of psalms, where he's wrestling with the difficulty of life, 
but he also writes psalms of thanksgiving, psalms of praise, where he is praising God for who he is. He's acknowledging, God, this is who you are. You are good. You are loving. And he has these, these, these other psalms where he's giving God thanksgiving for his deliverance. How, how, many, times, how many times God has showed up when, when he needed him most. And so as we look at this week where we're supposed to celebrate Thanksgiving, I thought today would be a great day to look at a psalm of Thanksgiving. A psalm that really teaches us how we can be thankful people like David, despite our circumstance, despite the, the burdens that we bury, the, the burdens that we care carry, no matter what's in front of us, how we can still be a people with a thankful heart. So if you have a Bible, I'm going to ask you to turn to Psalm chapter 100. Psalm chapter 1. If you need a Bible, just slip your hand up. There's an usher in the back, and uh, he'll bring one to you. Um, Psalm chapter 100. This psalm is actually not ascribed to being written by King David. But it is a psalm that I think teaches us part of David's uh, attitude of having a thankful heart. Psalm chapter 100. And uh, before we jump in, uh, I'm going to ask you to join me in prayer. God, we're just excited to be able to open up your word. God, excited to be able to see that, God, you speak to us through the Bible. God, this is your word directly to each and every one of us. So, God, I pray that you would help us to hear. God, I pray that you would help us to understand. God, I pray that you would help us to, to, to know what it is that you want to speak to us today. God, I pray that you would help us to put distractions out of our mind, that we would just hear what it is you have for us. God, we know that you don't do anything by chance. And all of us in this room today, God, you have us here for a purpose. And so, God, I pray that we would lean in now and that you would speak to us directly. God, we love you and we praise you and we plead for your presence right now. In your name, amen. So I title this message, A Thankful Heart. And we're going to learn a few things about what it means to have a thankful heart. Now, this psalm, Psalm chapter 100, is broken into a couple of different parts. And, and first, in, in verses 1 and 2, there's a couple of commands I want you to take notice of. Verses 1 and 2, uh, Psalm 100, it says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. See, there's something I want you to, to catch about those verses. David is saying that a thankful heart is an intentional decision. It is an intentional decision. See, I'm not sure if you've ever met somebody. I mean, there's some people that are just naturally inclined towards thankfulness. You know, these are the kind of people that, that when you are around, they're so gracious. They're so, they make you feel so good about yourself. They're really good about writing thank you notes and just even thanking you for the littlest things. And every time you're around that kind of person, they just make you feel so good inside. You know, and I used to look at people like that and start thinking, man, I wish I was like that. I wish I was kind of a, a thankful person like that, that was gracious in that regard. And I do think that this comes easier for some people. But I want you, I want you to notice the commands that the psalmist writes in verses 1 and 2. He says, make a joyful noise to the Lord. He says, serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. These are all active verbs. These aren't, these aren't just, just passive verbs. 
The author isn't saying you should do these things if you feel like it. He's not saying you should do these things if you're naturally bent towards doing them. These are active verbs. These are decisions that you make. I am going to do these things. I am going to make a joyful noise to the Lord. I am going to serve the Lord with gladness. I am going to come into his presence. This is an active, intentional decision you make. See, Thankfulness, I think, comes from an intentional decision to say, I'm going to be a thankful person. I am going to, to, to uh, come into his presence. I'm going to make a joyful noise. It is an intentional decision. The first thing about a thankful heart is an intentional decision. And I want you, I want you to notice these actions. It says, do these things with joy and with, with gladness and with singing. You know, there's, there's, there's times that we feel that kind of joy and we want to be glad and we want to be singing. I mean, I'm a Seahawks fan. I'll admit it. And the last couple years, we've had a lot of reasons to be singing and to be glad and to be joyful. But the last couple weeks, we haven't had as many reasons to be joyful. In fact, the last fourth, several fourth quarters, there really isn't much for any of us to be joyful or to sing about. So the question is, how do we do this? How do we make this intentional decision to, to, to come into his presence with singing, to, to, to be glad, to serve with joy? The psalmist tells us how in the next verse. He says in verse 3, he says, Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. See, here's what he says. You know how you do those things? You know how you come into his presence with singing? How you, 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 you make a joyful noise? You do it because you, it comes from the joy of your salvation. A thankful heart comes from the joy of our salvation. Very simply, he says, why should you be thankful? Why should you praise God? He, Psalmist, because he is the Lord. He is the God. He's not a God. He's not one of the gods. He is the God. There is no other God. And listen, if you place your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you become a Christian, then it means that we are His. We belong to Him. We are His people. We, 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 He is like the King, and we are like His people. He is the shepherd, and we are like his flock. We are not alone. We have a leader over us, a, a, a good leader named God who becomes our savior, who leads us and never leaves us alone. This is something that David had such tremendous, strong faith in. Because he knew that despite whatever circumstance that was around him, no matter what turmoil he had, no matter what difficulty he was experiencing, he knew one thing. God is still God. God is still on the throne. And when we understand that God, when he is the Lord, that he is God and we are not, that takes the pressure off of us because we know ultimately he is in charge. David trusted that his salvation wasn't dependent on how he performed. He knew that his salvation was dependent solely on his faith in God alone. So, so often what happens for us is our attitude, our perspective, our thankfulness is tied up into our circumstances. 
And so, so we think about our circumstances. We start thinking about the things that are in front of us. And, and we think, if my circumstances are just right, they will bring me joy. If, if things go good in my life, I'll have peace. I'll have, uh, it'll be my salvation. And I'll be good if things are good in my life. And so whatever it is, we think, you know, we're going to pursue good looks. We're going to pursue uh, popularity. We're going to pursue being uh, the most effective at our business. We're going to pursue uh, having the best perfect little nice, nice family with a little bow on it. And, and the family looks perfect and does everything just perfectly. But listen, when something happens to any one of those areas, when we go through relational struggles, when work becomes difficult and we lose a job, when we go through anything difficult, our joy is gone. Our peace is gone because we take our, 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 our salvation, our identity, and we wrap it up in these circumstances that are around us. And what David is saying is, no, no, you know, what you do when you do that, when you, when you base your, 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 your attitude and your thanksgiving on your circumstances, you take those things and you make them God. And you think, man, if I just had this, if I just had enough money, everything would be perfect and life would be great. And, and David would say, no, no, money isn't God. God is God. And if God is in charge, if God is God, then that means that it doesn't matter if I have money. It doesn't matter if I have a little or a lot because God is still in control and God will take care of this whole situation. You see how that works? What a comfort it is for us to know that just like David, ultimately God is in charge of everything in our life. God is in charge there's not one thing that God doesn't see. There's not one thing that God does not have control over. It can be hard for us to understand. But there becomes such tremendous joy to know that God is God and we are not. That God is God and our circumstances are not. He is the shepherd. We are the sheep. He is the supreme commander and we are his people. And we follow him and he provides and he takes care and he gives us the joy. Finally, one more, one more instruction from the psalmist. He says, speaking about Thanksgiving, specifically about the church. He says in verse 4, he says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to come into his presence. We're supposed to come into the church. We're supposed to come into his presence with thanksgiving and with praise. And then in verse 5, he tells us how we're supposed to do that. He says in verse 5, For the Lord is God. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. What he's trying to teach us is the third thing about a thankful heart. Is a thankful heart remembers that God is good and his love endures forever. See, we're supposed to be people that express gratitude and thankfulness. And I'm not, I'm not sure about you, but I started thinking about this past year. I thought, you know, some of us have had a really tough year. I mean, it's been a tough year. Uh, even as a church, I think about it as a church. You know, I love seeing the new people that have come in and it's so fun getting to know these new people. But the reality of it as a church we have some people that we started the year with who are no longer with us. They've gone other places. And that hurts. That sucks. That's not very fun. We long to see those people. We wish they were still a part of us. 
But that's just not the case. And so we think, this has been a tough year. And then I start thinking about circumstances and I think, start thinking about our lives. And I know there are some of you this year who you lost someone very special to you. You lost someone you loved. Maybe the relationship ended. Maybe they, 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 they passed away. You start thinking, man, that's tough. Makes for a tough year. I know, I know someone here I've struggled financially. I know someone here have had just difficult circumstances put in front of them. And that becomes difficult. And we say, well, well, how am I supposed to have an attitude of gratitude when I have all these overwhelming circumstances? And then we start looking at just our world around us. We think about the economy. I mean, you never know where the economy is going to go. And you hope you have enough money and, and you hope that retirement account is building. And you just don't know. We think about the, the, the terrorist attack in Paris a few weeks ago. We live in a world of uncertainty, of difficulty, of trouble and trial. So how are we supposed to be thankful in the middle of that? How are we supposed to be thankful when we have all this going around us? The psalmist reminds us of one very simple thing. God is good. God is good. His love endures forever. God is still good. And I know sometimes we feel like in the, mo- in, the, in the moment, we think, well, God, where are you at? God, why are you not showing up? And, and, and the psalmist says, his love endures forever. That means we might go through a season where it feels like, God, where are you at? God's love endures forever. It doesn't stop. It doesn't stop because we just go through a difficult season. We don't seem like we feel it. His love endures forever. It never ends. It never stops. Sure, this might have been a tough year. But listen, God's love for you has never stopped. He's never stopped chasing you. He's never stopped pursuing you. He's never turned his back on you. He's never stopped loving you. He is a good God. And as you come through that difficulty, you'll look back and see, man, God, I see how you are working in all of this. I see your hand here and here and here. But thankfulness, a thankful heart comes from the idea that we know that God's love endures forever. No matter what we go through, no matter what difficulty, God's love is still there and it'll be there through the end. My favorite kid's Bible, I don't know if you've ever read it, the Jesus Storybook Bible. It it describes God's love as this, as a never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. And we have that love available to us from God. And how can we not be thankful for that? How can we not be thankful for the love that God has extended to every one of us through his son, Jesus Christ, on the cross? So the psalmist is teaching us a few things about thankfulness, about a thankful heart. A thankful heart is an intentional decision that you decide, I'm going to be a thankful person. A thankful heart comes uh, from knowing that uh, the, the, the joy of our salvation, when we are come into a relationship with God, when we have that assurance of where we stand with him, there becomes a joy that we can live life, that we can serve with joy, knowing that we, where we stand with God. And thirdly, a thankful heart comes from remembering God's goodness and that his love never stops. So here's what we want to do. You know, sometimes in church you come and you hear a message and, oh, that's good, it's good. And then you walk out the door and you say, well, that, that was good. And then you forget to actually practice it. So 
a couple of weeks ago, last week, actually about a week and a half ago, my father-in-law called me and he said, hey, Kevin, I'm, I'm putting some tile in my kitchen. Would you come and help me? And I'm like, sure, Dan, I'll come and help you put the tile in your kitchen. That sounds like fun. And uh, so my, he looked at my rather long and expansive skill set. And uh, he said, all right, Kevin, come, come, in, come into the garage with me. And he takes a piece of tile and, and he turns on the saw. And he starts cutting this piece of tile. Now, I'm watching him cut this tile and he's teaching me how to do it. And, and he, 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 he takes this tile and he turns it into like the, the Statue of Liberty. I mean, it's just this intricate piece of tile. It's a corner piece with some trim and some other things. And so there's like all these jigs and jags. And I'm watching him and he's teaching me how to do it. And I'm like, wow, you know, I can't believe that's like art what you just made with that piece of tile. And then he gives me a piece of tile and he says, I need one just like this. Here you go. And don't forget, these are expensive tiles, so don't screw up. And I'm like, Dan, no, I can't, I can't do that. I, 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 I just, you know, and he goes, you know, I said, I can do a straight line, but you're talking about jigs and jags. He goes, you know what? You will never master it unless you begin to practice it. For you to, to learn this skill, to put it into practice, you've got to try. Just don't screw up because these are expensive tiles. So I, I did all right. I did all right. But here's what I want to do today is we've talked about extending thankfulness. We've talked about being a thankful people. We've talked about where our thankfulness comes from. So I want to do this. I want to take, do I have a microphone right here? We're going to do this, something I don't know if we've done here at Restoration Church. We're going to ask you to, to stand up and you don't have to, but we want to encourage you to think of something you're thankful for. Think of something that you can stand up and say, you know what? I'm thankful for this. That despite whatever's gone on, uh, maybe a way that God has, has showed up and, and carried you through a difficult time. Maybe it's something that, that God has blessed you with that you could just say, you know what? I want to practice this and show that I'm thankful and, and put this, this thankful heart to, add, to, to practice. So I'm going to ask, we're going to open up the floor and take about 10, 15 minutes. And if you want to just stand up and say something you're thankful for, just slip your hand up and we'll bring the, uh, the mic around. I'm thankful for that my daughter's getting baptized today, and I praise God for that. That is exciting. Anna, we have uh, prayed with Anna for her kids for a number of years, and so excited to see, um, excited to see Lily getting baptized today. Lily, go ahead. I'm thankful for my family and, you know, my kids growing up and for my stepkids and my love, Carlos, getting baptized with me. Amen. This is exciting to see this family. Uh, Deciding to follow Christ. So this will be fun to see you guys get baptized. An attitude of gratitude. Who else has one today? It's an intentional decision in the back there. In the back. I'm very thankful for a grandson that's going to be born in February. A long-awaited child. So very blessed. Grandsons. Whew, that's a celebration right there. I'm thankful for retirement. <laughs> but more specifically, nearly six years ago, uh, God gave me a ministry in that retirement of working with homeless youth. And uh, I also thank him for his faithfulness because even though I went to work for a non-faith-based ministry, he has, in all his wisdom, surrounded me with believers in the positions that I work with. And we have the opportunity to share with the kids our beliefs 
uh, even in a non-faith-based ministry, and we're seeing results. And I praise him for that. So he's talking about Rod's house. Um, Steve has worked at Rod's house for, uh, for the past six years and does a tremendous job reaching out to uh, uh, the, the, the kids that come through that door, uh, young adults. And so it's, uh, it's awesome to be able to see up front. Zach's getting his workout for today, so it's cardio. I'm thankful, grateful for, man, a long list of things. But just recently, I got a full-time job, and more bigger than that is uh, I've had hepatitis C for 20 years, and so living another 20 years is probably not very probable. But I get, I got, uh, the, I got on the list, and then um, I got the the medicine. The, the insurance company covered it, it like hundred thousand dollars worth of medicine. So I'm going to be starting treatment on my Hep C to get rid of it. So that. I've got many, but two in particular. This was the year our youngest son got married, and we were praying for many years for him, and God just brought forth this amazing girl. She's awesome. So we're thankful for that, and I'm also thankful for the gifts and the talents that God has not given to me, but has given to all my brothers and sisters in Christ. So every time I meet you guys, you bless me, and you lift me up, and you teach me, and hold me accountable. God is so good for that. Over on this side, Zach. I'm grateful for um, 87 days of sobriety today and for um, my 16-month-old son, who's so awesome. And I'm really blessed today to have uh, freedom from obsession to use. Um, working a solid program and uh, going to AA a lot and living in Oxford, and it's really saving my life, and I praise God for that. He's the only one who made it possible. Congratulations, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing. Well, I'm thankful that uh, Kevin did a great job on that tile, because it was a little expensive. Only lost one finger. (laughs) uh, I'm thankful for my wife, uh, my daughters, my son-in-laws, my grandchildren, uh, a number of them are here today, and just uh, the blessings that family has. You know, God provided the family, and uh, I'm blessed that each and every one of them knows the Lord, and uh, just such a joy to have them all here today. So I give God all the thanks. Nice, that one in the back, Zach. I'm not going to stand up, but I am grateful for the doctors that did my mom's surgery. Um, She's doing really well. There are some complications, but she was able to get through the surgery um, well. I'm also grateful for eight years of sobriety. It's been a long, crazy ride. I've been a little bit um, crazy. (laughs) But I've stabled out, and I'm also grateful for this church. I didn't really have a belief in God until 
I came to church and started listening to Kevin, and um, I have a great support group. I love my life group. (laughs) And so I'm just grateful that, um, I don't know, just for everything in my life, I've got a really good life right now. I'm able to handle things that come up, whereas before I would just get really angry and I was a nasty person, and I've got through all of that, so I'm just, I'm grateful for my life. I'm very happy. Um, a couple of years ago, I was just depressed, angry, and I didn't want anything to do with anybody. So that's all I have. Thank you. Up here on the front. Uh, I can go on for hours about being thankful for stuff, but uh, uh, thankful for, for um, going on six years of uh, being sober, sobriety. Uh, thankful for uh, having an awesome relationship with uh, Lily and um, awesome relationship with my three kids. And I'm thankful for going to be a grand, uh, my grand grandpa, yeah. Grandpa, woo! In February, so, yeah. I thank you for uh, starting coming to church here with Pastor Kevin. I'm really learning a lot. It's really changed my life. I'm thankful for a lot of things. Um, my family, who's all here today. Um, my daughter's boyfriend, who's been a big supporter this last month. And just this church and all the, the things they do for us. fun watching Zach uh, run around. No, Zach, Zach's a good guy. Um, I'm uh, thankful for my family as well. Um, obviously a new addition of our son, Samuel, and uh, among two daughters. This morning it was kind of cool. I was just thinking about this, but my um, my daughters found their, like, uh, baby Bibles that, you know, we, a couple years ago, and we, um, you know, committed to, to just sharing, uh, yeah, dedication um, but that was just so cool. I was just, I was just amazed that um, God really, you know, kids' hearts are, are, are open. And my, my own kids, I'm going to sit on the couch, and I'm like, you know, this is just a, a moment of uh, a joy and thankfulness and just that, that they're ready to, to, know, to know the Lord, to know the love that, you know, um, that I received when I was eight, you know, after, um, which is just... Um, you know, so that's, that's just kind of a, uh, I'm very thankful for that, obviously. Thankful for my wife. And, and, uh, and uh, yeah. Good. All right, anybody else? Right here, right here, Ray. All right, Zach, we're timing you. Your splits have gone down a little bit. You must be getting tired. Yeah, I want to say uh, thankful for my family being together this last year, uh, being sober for about three and a half years now, and mm-hmm. uh, thankful for being a part of this church and this great family. So mm-hmm. I want to thank everybody. Thank you. Yeah. All 
I'm thankful that we can find things to be thankful for, even in struggling times. And I'm thankful, so thankful, for the encouragement that other people bring into our lives as we share this time together. Yeah, yeah. Down here in the front, Zach. I'm thankful for the um, faithfulness of the Lord through all these experiences we've had with my wife going through cancer. And uh, I believe that this church has been a real asset to us to hold us up in prayer, and we really appreciate that. And uh, we have one more little hurdle to go over, but uh, I believe that God is in in it, and he's going to help us through it. I got one right here, uh, next, a little one, I think, sitting behind Steve. I can't see her head. Oh, there she is. I see a bow sticking out. I am thankful for my family and this church. Oh, yeah. I'll take that any day. All right. One or two more. Anybody else want to stick your hand up and be bold? All right, right here. Um, Some of you guys know some of the stuff we've already been through, but I'm grateful that... (laughs) Even though we've lost two babies this year, I'm pregnant now, and we're past all the hard stuff, and that's amazing. And I'm grateful that God's good, even when the babies die. And he's good when they live. And he's good no matter what we go through. And I'm grateful for the church family that we have here, the life groups, plug for life groups. (laughs) And I'm grateful for our pastor who's so supportive and always preaches the word. That's all I got. Go ahead and follow me, the pregnant crying lady. (laughs) Well, I'm thankful for my family being here today, and uh, this year has been a rough year. As Kevin knows, I lost my dad cancer in March. Um, very thankful for the big support my wife was there for me. Because, you know, when you lose your best friend, it's very, very hard. And um, this time of year is it's a huge struggle for me and my mom and the rest of our families because... It's to be thankful for when he's gone, but I thank God that he took him and he's safe and he's not in pain anymore. And I'm very, very thankful for Pastor Kevin because he was a huge support for me and always reached out for me. And and uh, thank you guys. Very, and the people that my new group on Saturdays that I try to get to every Saturday, but this is great, great group of guys and they're very supportive and um, just thankful for Jim bringing donuts. <laughs> Always be thankful for donuts. There we go. There we go. Hey, I just, uh, just want to say thank you so much for sh- those that shared. And, uh, you know, this is really just something that we want to be 
an attitude of our heart uh, that we can all have a thankful heart and uh, be able to uh, extend that Thanksgiving throughout the week and be able to uh, go and do the things we're supposed to do and uh, just show the attitude of, of, of gratitude. So I'm going to ask you to pray with me, and then we're going to move into baptisms. God, just uh, thank you for uh, thank you for your grace. God, thank you that despite all the hardships, God, there's been some hardships this year. we got to be able to stand up here and say you are still good. But God, you still love us, and your love never ends. God, I pray that we can walk in that victory this week. We can walk in that love and that forgiveness and that promise. God, you gave us that promise that you would never leave us nor forsake us, God. And I know there are some in here uh, who have experienced that this week or this year. And so, God, I pray that as we think have the opportunity this, this, this coming week just to celebrate Thanksgiving, I pray, God, that this would be uh, the natural flow out of our heart, that we would be gracious people, that we would be thankful people, that our hearts would be full of that kind of uh, gratitude for what you are doing and the fact that you are with us. God, thank you so much for this church. Thank you for the opportunity to be a part of this, God. Thank you for uh, this, this, this church family. I pray, God, that you would continue to, to grow us deeper, uh, God, in love with you. I pray that you would help us to grow deeper uh, in love with each other. And God, I pray that you would help us to grow wider in number. Uh, God, we just want to uh, just thank you for this time together. And uh, God, as we have the opportunity now to celebrate baptisms, I pray, God, that you would help us to celebrate uh, lives that have been transformed and changed by the power of the gospel. So, God, we ask this in your holy and precious name. Amen.